are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, October 18th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to go out and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. If you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good morning everyone. As always, thank you for starting your week by tuning into Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here today. On today's episode, I'll be going over the Blackhawks still not being able to get into the win column and still also not finding a way to hold a lead in their 6-3 loss to the Detroit Red Wings last night. I'll also go over all the current outrage right now about the front office and the coaching staff with the 0-5-1 start to the season. I'll also talk about what should be done with Jeremy Colleton and Stan Bowman. And then to wrap things up per usual on Monday will be our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But to start things out today, ladies and gentlemen, my, oh my, when it rains, it pours right now for our Chicago Blackhawks. First, before even getting into the game itself, the Blackhawks actually had to deal with some last-minute COVID issues over the weekend as on Saturday, Patrick Kane, Eric Gustafson, and Ryan Carpenter all were forced to miss practice and were placed in COVID-19 protocol. And assistant coach, I feel like this is worth mentioning, assistant coach Tomas Mitel was placed in COVID protocol earlier last week, so I'm not sure if that's where all the COVID issues stemmed from. But either way, all of a sudden, the Blackhawks had COVID problems on their hands. And fortunately, on Sunday, Eric Gustafson and Ryan Carpenter both were able to clear. They were both able to provide the Blackhawks with back-to-back negative COVID-19 tests. But Patrick Kane was not. Kaner was not able to play last night against the Red Wings. That's his first missed game since the 2018-19 season. And along with Kane... Forward Jujar Kara and defenseman Riley Stillman also were placed in COVID-19 protocol on Sunday and both did not play against the Red Wings as well. So no Kane, no Stillman, and no Jujar Kara. And by the way, because of Stillman not being able to suit up, Ian Mitchell actually was recalled from the Rockford Icehogs at last minute. Uh, with Stillman being placed in COVID protocol. That left the Hawks with only five active defensemen on their roster, so Mitchell had to make a quick trip over to the United Center. But either way, even without Kane and those other two in the lineup, there are absolutely no excuses for the way that the Blackhawks performed last night. And honestly, right out of the gate, I had no idea this was going to be the night that it turned out to be. Because in that first period, uh, despite allowing the first goal of the game once again to Lucas Raymond, a terrible turnover by Calvin DeHaan on that play, 
But despite allowing the first goal for the sixth consecutive game, the Blackhawks, I thought they fought hard in those opening 20 minutes, and they eventually managed to tie things up on a goal from Tyler Johnson. Excuse me. A hard-fought goal by Johnson there, wins that battle on a loose puck in the offensive zone, and then beats Nedeljkovic with the shot as well. Credit to Tyler Johnson there for some good work to create his first goal as a member of the Blackhawks. And overall, just... By the end of the period for the Hawks, all the momentum was in their favor. And to me, it it actually kind of felt like they were on the cusp of taking their first lead of the season in that second period against the rival Red Wings. However, that's not quite what happened, ladies and gentlemen. The second period, the Blackhawks played about as poorly as you could draw up. And for me, that, that was all the more discouraging because it it was such a big period and a big opportunity for these Blackhawks to finally take their first lead and respond to all the criticism, put their sticks down in the ice and make a stand and turn things around. But that just didn't happen. (laughs) It was a a blunder-filled second period for this Blackhawks defense. Early on in the period, Eric Gustafson pitches in, pinches in the offensive zone, trying to keep a play alive. And Dominic Kubelik didn't recognize that. He goes for a hit in the neutral zone. That leaves the Blackhawks facing a three-on-one up ice. Marc-Andre Fleury was able to make the first stop, but Carter Rowney jumps on the rebound to make it 2-1 to Red Wings. And right here and the next three minutes that followed are basically what lost the Blackhawks the game. And that's been a huge problem with this team right now. They just don't fare well under any sort of adversity. And once again, it's been a common theme so far. They just, after one goal went in, they just let things spiral out of control in a hurry. Just a couple minutes after Carter Rowney's goal, uh, Flurry has a puck bouncing all around his feet. In my opinion, he, he Probably should have been able to gobble that one up, but Vlad- Vladimir Nemesnikov, he stuffs home the rebound to make it 3-1 to Red Wings, and then less than two minutes later, Detroit went on to add another goal, this one from Tyler Bertuzzi. It actually wound up bouncing in off of Reese Johnson's skate, but e- even before that, it was a breakdown in front by the Blackhawks defense. If you go back and watch the clip, Jake McCabe gets beat wide by Dylan Larkin, who entered the offensive zone with some speed. Larkin gets the outside. He goes to wrap the puck around the net. And Seth Jones on the other side, after McCabe gets beat, Jones didn't take the man in front. He didn't take Bertuzzi. He kind of just stood at the far post and really took no one. And Bertuzzi was able to get free in front of Marc-Andre Fleury and put home the rebound, and that extended the Wings' lead to three just like that. The Hawks did manage to get one back on the power play from uh, from Dominic Kubalik via a classic Kubalik one-timer. But again, Detroit answered right back, and this time with less than a minute in the period. It was a back-breaking goal for the Blackhawks to allow. That basically squashed any hopes of a comeback in the third period. And again, it was another breakdown in tight by the Blackhawks defense, this time by Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones. They never should have let that centering pass get to Dylan Larkin, and then they also should have never let him rattle that shot off on Marc-Andre Fleury. And as was the case for most of these goals so far, Fleury did manage to get a piece of the first one, but Lucas Raymond was there to corral the rebound, and that made it 5 
to two Red Wings. A putrid second period for the Blackhawks. Not only did they get outscored four to one, but they were outshot nineteen to six. And with all the importance heading into the second period that I just mentioned a moment ago, that was the toughest part to me with their backs against the wall. The Blackhawks once again had no answer and just flopped out there on the ice. And it's not like this was against one of the premier teams in the NHL. I'm not trying to discredit the rival Red Wings or anything. And they do have a ton of good young pieces. I mean, Lucas Raymond showed that for sure. Only 19 years old and he's already got his first NHL hat trick. But still, it's not like this was, you know, a, a superstar offense by any means that the Blackhawks were facing last night. Like, And also, the night before, going back to Saturday night, the Red Wings lost to the previously winless, the 0-5-0 at the time, Montreal Canadiens by a score of 6-1. to They dubbed the Red Wings the night before. So there aren't any excuses for the Blackhawks' defense here to be completely dominated by Detroit's offense last night. And then in the third period, I mean, the game was basically already over at this point. Henrik Borgstrom did go on to add his first goal with the Blackhawks and also his first NHL goal in nearly three years. Uh, but that was kind of outdone by Lucas Raymond's hat-trick goal on the power play to put the dagger in the Blackhawks, making it 6-3 to Detroit. And that was all she wrote at the United Center, folks. The sixth consecutive game that the Blackhawks have now lost to open up the season, dropping their record down to 0-5-1. All right, there is my recap of the disheartening 6-3 loss to Detroit last night. Coming up in just a moment, I'll discuss a couple of different streaks being broken by the Blackhawks in their loss as well. But first... I need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more right now at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now today and some deeper thoughts on what the Blackhawks' sixth consecutive loss to open up the season means for this franchise. And as if that sixth consecutive loss wasn't bad enough, Blackhawks fans, after failing to hold a lead during any point of last night's game once again, the Blackhawks now officially hold the NHL record for the longest streak of time without having a lead to start the season in NHL history, in the long history of the NHL. The Blackhawks have put together a historically bad start. We're through six games, ladies and gentlemen, and the Blackhawks still have not held a lead this season. When I have buddies who don't really watch the Hawks or aren't the biggest hockey fans, text me, do the Blackhawks really still not have a win this year? I tell them, bro, They still haven't held a lead. 
I actually can't put into words how disappointing and actually unbelievable that statement is. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do with this team? They can't score at 5-on-5. Last night, though, actually, was their first game this year with two even-strength goals in the same game, but they still only have five on the season through their first six games. And on the other end, they can't seem to stop anyone. Vancouver, the Islanders, the New Jersey Devils, Detroit, they literally cannot stop anyone. It's actually mind-boggling that through these first six games, not one time, not one time have the Blackhawks not, they they have not managed to score the first goal of the game, nor have they been able to take any lead at all for that matter. I never would have thought it got this, it would get this bad, ladies and gentlemen. After all the moves they made in the offseason, I never would have thought it would be worse than last season in any area. And, And right now, one thing I have to mention is that The additions that the Blackhawks made in this offseason, they just simply haven't been good enough for this team so far. Seth Jones, I mean, to his credit, he has had his good games this season against New Jersey. He was phenomenal against the Islanders. I thought he was just as good. But in his bad moments against Pittsburgh, last night against Detroit, the bad ones have been really bad, ladies and gentlemen. And considering what we're paying him and, and just... To be a number one defenseman as a whole, Seth Jones needs to be a lot more consistent than he's been so far, and he just can't have nights like he did last night if he's trying to be the future on defense for the Blackhawks. And Jake McCabe as well. I know he's coming off of knee surgery, so that gives him a little bit more leeway than anyone else, but he still has not had the best start to the season uh, to, to put it nicely either. And then Marc-Andre Fleury, I will admit that it's been a little hard to judge him because of the defense in front, but at the same time, there definitely have been some softies that Flower has let in from time to time as well. And to, it just hasn't seemed like he's been on his A game yet here in Chicago, but at the same time, I do understand and recognize that it hasn't been all his fault and that the defense in front of him certainly hasn't been the best by any stretch of the imagination either. So, yeah, the Blackhawks, they managed to take over the NHL record for the longest amount of time without a lead to start their season in that loss to Detroit last night. And also, to make matters worse, folks, this honestly seemed like only a matter of time, to be honest, in my opinion, but the Blackhawks also officially lost their sellout streak at the United Center last night, which had reached 500 and 35 games. If that doesn't tell the front office enough about how this fan base feels about what's going on right now, you know, I don't know if they'll ever get the memo at this point. Um, and I'm just, I'm just out of words. I just don't really know where it can go from here. I thought it could only go up after the loss to the Canucks on Thursday, but here we are. And I seriously can't tell at this point if this is a Jeremy Colleton problem with his system or if it's a problem with the players on the ice because clearly they haven't been the best yet either or if it's just a combination of both happening to go horribly wrong at the same time. It's just, it's gotten out of hand at this point, you know? You got John Bouchagross calling for changes to be made. 
You got Liam McHugh of TNT roasting this team on Twitter, calling out Jeremy Colleton for letting the players draw up a play during during the man advantage, which is something I've literally never seen one time in my history of watching hockey. That was a very odd sequence there. Jeremy just giving the clipboard to the players and be like, you guys draw something up. Uh, he kind of brushed it off like it was nothing to talk about, but um, not how the rest of the NHL community felt. And then uh, all the analytic guys as well, Dom from The Athletic, uh, Dmitry Filipovich, they're calling out the Blackhawks right now as well. It's gotten about, it's gotten worse than imaginable, ladies and gentlemen, and I just don't know what the next step is at this point. Um, One thing I definitely wanted to mention on the show here today is that during the post-game interviews, Jonathan Taves... Seth Jones and all the Blackhawks players really seem to still be backing Jeremy Colleton 100%, and they fully believe that he has the capable capability to get the job done here as head coach of the Blackhawks. And I also have to have to say, you know, I don't know if they're just doing this publicly because obviously they're not going to call out their head coach right in front of the media's face, but it's noteworthy to me that they're standing behind Jeremy Colleton to the media at the moment. They defended him, actively defended him during the press conference on Sunday, saying, <coughs> excuse me, saying that this has been a player's problem, it's a locker room problem, but yeah, it's so frustrating. And I know the reports leading into the weekend suggested that the Blackhawks were not actively looking to fire Jeremy Colleton. But the seat's got to be about as hot as it can get at this point. And I know we are still only six games in, but starting to close in on that 10-game mark now, and I know 10 doesn't seem like a lot either, but that's an eighth of the season right right there. You know, that's that's a significant stretch. And for the six games to go as bad as they have so far your head coach has to be on the hot seat. I mean, if you're not even considering making changes after this start, I I think you've already lost the battle. But one thing I will say is if the Blackhawks do decide to fire Jeremy Colleton, I absolutely, absolutely think that Stan Bowman has got to go with him. Danny and Rocky Wirtz, this was Stan Bowman's decision to fire Joel Quenville, which looks like one of the stupidest coaching decisions in the history of NHL, this And this was Bowman's hand-picked guy to go and get the job done after Q. Jeremy Colleton was lurking in the shadows, and he was hand-picked by Stan Bowman to be the successor. So if Colleton's tenure doesn't pan out, which looks like it could be inevitable at this point, then Stan absolutely has to be held accountable for his actions if this continues. you know. And it's not going to get any easier, by the way, I should mention. The next three games for the Blackhawks, the Toronto Maple Leafs, the St. Louis Blues, and the Carolina Hurricanes with the two of those final games that I just mentioned, St. Louis and the Hurricanes, both of those games will be coming in back-to-backs on the road. Not going to be easy for the Blackhawks. And if they don't show any sort of life in these next three, to me, that's got to be the final nail in the coffin. At least I think, I hope, It should be the final nail in the coffin. But with this Blackhawks team, just the the overall incapability to get the bigger picture of what's going on right now, 
I don't know what is going to happen with Jeremy Colleton and Stan Bowman going forward. All right, there are some larger thoughts on the Blackhawks' disastrous start to the season. Coming up in just a moment, it's time for our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, double chocolate, salted caramel, and now they also have a couple of new flavors like strawberry and grasshopper cookie, which is really good if you like mint. They just sent me a package of cookie dough, which is incredible, and they also have cookies and cream, cherry barcia, and many more fantastic flavors, all of which also are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out Built Bar for a delicious and healthy snack option, and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. Welcome back to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Moving on now into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where as always, I'll be answering a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on the show. The first question I wanted to answer today is from Sydney Brown, who is a Blackhawks and White Sox writer for War Media here in Chicago. Quick shout out to Sydney for all the support over the years. I really appreciate it. Sydney asks, do you think that Danny Wirtz will have the guts to fire Stan Bowman mid- mid-season? I mean, I sure hope so. Um, and if you fire Jeremy, I think Stan has to go with him at this point. That's my honest thoughts about the situation. I don't see how you can fire one without the other. They kind of feel like a a, a tandem deal at this point, right? Uh, so as I talked about earlier, I think they got to go together. Stan handpicked Jeremy to be the next great coach of the Blackhawks. So if Jeremy winds up getting canned, I think Stan ultimately has to go with him because not only was that his decision... But he probably also should have gone along with Joel Quenville a few years back. It's actually insane to me that they let go of Q before getting rid of Stan Bowman. Uh, that kind of shows you how the Blackhawks think about things as an organization. So um, if things keep going the way they are, the UC is going to have attendance problems with the Blackhawks. The fan base is going to lose it more than they already have. And if that doesn't send the message clear enough to Danny and the Wirtz family, then... We may be in a world of hurt for a long time here, sadly. The second question I have today is from Jay Forster, the host of Locked On Blue Jackets, who asked me, if you had to replace someone on the team with a literal hawk, who would it be and why? Jay, I really appreciate this on a day like today. I needed to get my mind off of Blackhawks hockey and to have a little bit of fun thinking about something else. I've been... Trying to think here, though, you know, would a Hawk be, would having a Hawk on the ice, would that be a benefit to your team, or or is he a liability out there? Like, are we basically shorthanded the whole game whenever the Hawk's out on the ice? I Like, and, and does he get to attack the opposing players? Is that within the rules? Is that roughing? You know, I might need to have a larger conversation with the NHL here about this. 
Um, but no, if I had to pick one player on the Blackhawks to get placed by a literal Hawk, Jay, I would have to say Eric Gustafson because then he would be at least of some use to this Blackhawks team right now because at the moment I'm not really sure why Eric Gustafson is here at the moment over Ian Mitchell. The third and final question I have today is from at CubsBlackHawks7 on Twitter who asked, free agent head coaches, honestly, I don't ever really like talking about this because I feel like the big name guys aren't really who will be in the running for the Blackhawks. But the free agent coaches that I know of at the moment, the big name guys are Claude Julien, Bruce Boudreaux, Rick Tockett, who currently works for TNT, and good old John Tortorella. Those are the big name ones that I know of at least. But again, I don't know if that's the direction the Blackhawks would even want to go with this organization. So kind of naming free agent coaches, I think, doesn't really get us anywhere. But uh, those are the, the really the big four head coaches that do not have a job at the moment in the NHL. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, October 18th's episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey Podcast as host Scott Colin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Fantasy Hockey right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on any of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode... Thanks again for listening to this sad episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.